You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. I know yesterday I promised the shadow draft piece would be up. We had some technical issues on the site. It should be up as I record this podcast, uh, 1 a.m. my time, 2 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, I'm going to go through as soon as this podcast is done, and while it's uploading, just double-check everything's correct. But when I went, um, we had had a slight glitch, so instead of a slideshow, it was a gallery. It should be all straightened out now, right now. So there's not a lot going on, obviously, as we're still kind of in the come-down from the uh, All-Star game. So instead, let's just take some time today, and we'll go over some transactions that were officially made. We'll go through some of the uh, minor league teams that uh, played and how their performances were today. And yeah, it's not going to be, it's going to be very minor league focused because, you know, they're actually playing games, whereas the Indians are not. So, you know, we'll take the data where we can get it. We'll look at the the minors. We got a whole show today to, uh, to be minor league focused. So, talk about some of the transactions that uh that occurred when we're looking there was a crud load today the the big one is of course that um nolan jones is getting that promotion to double a other ones stood out for me tom who got bumped up to columbus as a paper move essentially it looks like is getting bumped down to uh to Akron again a shame for Tom, who has played really well this year in Akron and kind of has deserved a, a promotion. It's more than anything else likely a playing time issue why Tom uh, is back in Akron. Uh, Chi Wee Hugh is going down to Akron. Uh, it's, it's a rough going for him. Uh, the Indians gave up value to acquire him. He had pitched in the majors with Tampa. They thought, oh, this is going to be a potential relief arm. And it's gone so badly that uh, he completely cleared waivers after he was taken off the 40-man, and they pushed him down to double-A. It's a rough situation for him. And now he's off the 40-man. You know, maybe someone would risk him in the Rule 5 at the end of the year, but uh, I don't see him being added back on. Aaron Seival was placed on the... uh, the injury list it's a retro placement with right shoulder tightness you get nervous whenever you see anything to do with shoulders elbows and such so just keep your eyes on that and those are really the bigger ones there's so much of uh just the general shuffle as you go through and see you know who's moved up and who's moved down i mean the kai tom was moved from columbus to akron on the 8th and then moved back on the 10th I hope they let him know that uh, he wasn't actually going anywhere. So he didn't, you know, it's not a long trip, but uh, yeah. So uh, other names to note, things to point out. Uh, let's see, Cody Morris, who I mentioned who's been playing really well, uh, got placed on the injured list in Lynchburg. Lower back strain, not as much of a concern. Eli Ligos has been bouncing all around. Uh, draft pick from a year ago, day three guy. And uh, Lady, or Lady Landy Pena, who's a draft pick from this year, got switched around in the Arizona leagues from one team to the other. So that's you know that's the long and short of the uh, the transactions. The second half of the podcast will hit the box scores for all these minor league teams. But 
yeah, it's uh, we're kind of again just sitting there in the middle of uh, the All Star break. We're occasionally get lucky and a trade happens because you know a lot of front offices are together. Uh, you know, sometimes they go to the game, or sometimes it's just that they have a little bit of extra time off to make those moves. Um, we do occasionally see trades that occur right after, so time will tell if anything will come of it. But uh, yeah, it's just slow time. There's no other way to put it. So we've gone through some of those transactions. We've seen guys getting moved around, talked about some of these injuries. Uh, We will go to break a bit early in the episode now. And when we come back, we're going to start going through the levels, looking at some of the games and some of the performances from the the Indians minor leagues. Uh, Catch back up on some of the overriding performances, especially down there in Mahoning Valley where we have even more data at this point. We're getting close to an actual sample size. And now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, website or app. Uh, They will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, You want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. I use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's bluechew.com, promo code MLB. So the Mahoning Valley Scrappers lose a tight one today, 9 nothing. Um, notice my, that, that's a joke. Uh, on the Mahoning Valley side of things, they manage all of four hits. George Valera has a double, that's the only extra base hit. It's uh, not an awe-inspiring performance in this game. Not a whole lot to report, not a whole lot to talk about. So instead, let's just go into the statistics right right down here in Mahoning Valley and talk about performances, what we've seen. Um, for some players, you know, 25 games have accumulated. And that gives us a, a decent amount of information. It's still a small sample size, but let's just g- get going. Uh, one of the interesting runs who runs, ones who doesn't get as much talk, is uh, Byron Lavastida, who the Indians did go over slot last year on day three. He has the highest batting average as a catcher down there. Um, just seven strikeouts in 17 games, eight walks. Neither are huge numbers, but he is walking more than he strikes out and hitting for an average, high average and uh, performing really well in his sample size. The big name is, of course, uh, George Valera. Four home runs. Uh, he's, you know, he's a teenager. He's hitting. He's performing well. It's kind of the same story with Reynaldo Delgado, who started out a little rough, but has really come along. And... The the thing though with both of those guys is a is a really high strikeout rate at this point for those two players. Corey Holland is struggling, who was the the big guy, the big day three money player. Brian uh, uh, Rocoyo, who some going into this had the highest rated prospect on this team, is struggling to make contact. Uh, low average. Uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, he's not striking out a ton, but he's just not doing much when he gets on base. And then when he does get on base, he's getting caught stolen, getting caught when he tries to steal bases at too high of a rate. So that's disappointing. Uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, the really young outfielder, he's having some struggles. Uh, Jonathan Engelman, who's the uh, the former Michigan player, just had the four games there, so that's that's nothing for sample size. When you go down to the pitching, this is where, of course, things get interesting. Five starts for Ethan Hankins. He's averaged uh, a little over four innings a start. So you'd like to see that get uh, get pushed up. But uh, 11 strikeouts, seven walks, and uh, a 1.25 ERA. So he's been quite good in his performances. Matt Turner, former 11th round pick, which is always a, a very valued pick. That's that's a targeted selection because they have that day three to get together. He was pitching well down there. Carlos Vargas was a, a lot of people are really high on what his potential and what he can do, but it's been it's been a bit rough so far in the other going for Vargas. It's uh you know it, again it's one of the more interesting teams in the minors. There's a lot of players to look at, a lot of high performances, and uh, that's kind of the quick run through Mahoning Valley right now uh, so far this year. Ethan Hankins is really the guy to uh, that stands out to me. I know a lot of people, it's George Valera, but even offensively, I'm more intrigued by Lavastida just because of the value of the catcher position. That's not a knock on Valera. I mean, Valera is a higher-rated prospect for me, but just in terms of, oh, this is the guy I look at first when I look at a box score. Um, still the most interesting team in the Cleveland's minor leagues at this point. So let's move up a level. So Lake County is next up. They uh, beat the uh, Fort Wayne Tin Caps on Wednesday evening, uh, beating Ryan Weathers, extremely high draft pick from a year ago, who's pitched quite well this year. It was a 3-2 to two win. Um, they were paced by Jose Nelson's triple, Daniel Schleeman having two doubles, and Ruben Cartagenas having a double. Uh, Cartagena has continued to hit really well uh, this year. Just on the whole, you're looking at a guy in 70 games. He's hitting uh, 311 uh, OPS, well over 800. Uh, strikeout rate is around 21%. Walk rate around seven. So that's you know obviously not ideal, but. He is uh, he's performing well, which you'd expect from uh, a college player. At some point, if um, you know, looking just at what Lynchburg has in place, it, it, the problem there it's unless one of these outfielders kind of pushes his way up to Akron, which uh, has some spots for outfielders. Uh, it's hard to get a spot for Cartagena to move up just because you got Benson and Gonzalez are going to uh, our priority prospects, as is Steve Kwan at this point. So it makes it a bit hard for Cartagena to move up. Uh, Jonathan Engelman, I mentioned briefly um, with Mahoning Valley, had the four games down there. He's had 15 now up at Lake County, and he is continuing to hit the ball well, hitting over 300, OPS over 800, power, speed. He's a, a playing first base. He can play uh, you know multiple slots in that outfield. It just again, I've talked about him a lot, but he uh, a lot of raw tools that just didn't get developed in college, 
makes him an interesting player who, again, performance uh, moving up the ladder. A lot of the top talent here has moved on. Uh, Jesse Berardi is obviously, uh, you know, I, I talked about how his, his struggles early on. He's turned around. He's playing better. Uh, Bo Naylor, who really struggled out of the gate, is up to respectability. Maybe you want more than respectability, but uh, when you look at a lot of the other prep players from that class, pitchers and hitters, most of them are in Mahoning Valley. Naylor spent this year in low A. It's a, not necessarily a aggressive placement, but for the Indians it is. Um, he's the only teenager. Him and Marco Gonzalez are the only teenagers this year, and Quentin Holmes. <laughs> Sorry, I keep uh, adapting that. But uh, who and uh makes it on Kelk Boom who uh it threw me at first cuz you know Carter Kaboom was a shortstop third baseman for the Nationals and now you know I saw that uh makes it on Kelk Boom not Kaboom Kelk Boom um was starting for third was starting at third base uh for Lake County. Uh, if you're curious, he is from the Netherlands, and uh, he's a young kid who is uh, getting an opportunity. He was signed as an international free agent back in 2016. But uh, yeah, uh, Jose Fermin is. Uh, I mentioned like the the priority prospects right now on this team. Honestly, uh, Lake County is probably one of the more barren teams in terms of those priority prospects. Raymond Burgos is currently on the disabled list. Uh, I've talked about him many a time. Uh, Shane McCarthy, disabled list. Uh, Luis Oviedo is priority prospect who is currently not hurt uh, as a pitcher. You know, Bo Naylor, uh, Jose Fermin. A healthy uh, Marco Gonzalez would be. And then, uh, I mean, Quentin Holmes is just, it's, it, it's ugly. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no good way to paint it with, uh, Holmes. It's the kind of lines you see in a guy who peaks out at lower high A and, uh, peters out 190, 258, uh, 290 slugging, 548 OPS, striking out almost 38% of the time. I mean, that's, that's fairly miserable. Um, yeah, I mean, Quentin Holmes, I don't consider him a priority prospect at this point. I don't, I know he's very young and he was a cold weather player, but when a player is that bad, that significantly below league average, um, I, they'll, they'll play out the line with him, but I can't see, uh, it would be a remarkable recovery. So your your priority here is uh you know it's Bo Naylor it's uh why am I blanking on the pitcher I mentioned uh Luis Oviedo you know when uh Burgos is healthy I've been uh he's another guy I've been a big fan of but they've promoted a lot of the the prospects out of here and that's why it's kind of as I said more of a bare roster um, I think Naylor is your only top 10 prospect. Uh, Oviedo was in some places at the start of the year. He's just not missing bats. Uh, Burgos is missing bat. I mean, Burgos has 
better numbers than Oviedo right now outside of Whip because Burgos is getting hit more. Whip is a pretty horrible stat, honestly. But yeah, it's just uh, moving on. Let's let's go to our next level. Let's talk about the Lynchburg Hillcats who had a doubleheader today because their game yesterday was rained out. And they managed to win both games, one eight nothing and one six to four. The eight nothing game, uh, you know, should we talk about is this uh I you know, Nolan Jones was still playing for them at that point. He hadn't had the official move up. Um, I guess a paper move was coming for him after this game, maybe. But uh two for three, three RBIs, uh hit his seventh home run of the year. Uh, Freeman was in front of him, Tyler Freeman, who went three for five, had a double, you go down Oscar Gonzalez, two for four, and he had his sixth home run, Benson, 0 for two, but he did walk twice, so it's, you know, right now, that's one through four, the most interesting lineup, now that's obviously going to shift and change, but, uh, you know, Reeves at first base, Gavin Collins, Jot Carter, Luke Wakamatsu, Steve Kwan, those are more fringy guys, but the the big four there at the top are um, all interesting talents. And the pitcher was Hector Hernandez, who is uh, 28 years of age, so not really a uh, a prospect when you're that age and pitching at that level. But uh, my page timed out, and we'll talk about game two now which is not going on, right? I I think because it was a rain out and a doubleheader, they uh they had it it was a seven uh seven inning game. Uh so you look at this one. Gonzalez goes two for four again. Jones goes one for two but does have a walk. Hitless for Freeman. Benson one for four double for Jones. It's the only extra base hit. Uh, Indians get the win in this one. The loser is former Indian Kieran Lovegrove. I feel kind of bad for him because, you know, he got this chance to to leave and was kind of hoping to, uh, he had pitched pretty well last year in Akron out of the pen and went and signed with another organization and is now at an even lower level than he was a year ago. So... That's sad to see, um, but again, when you are looking at this team right now, it is all about that one to four. When healthy, there are some interesting arms here. I'm just going down the list: uh, Juan Carlos Mejia, Kurt McCarthy, Cody Morris. Those guys kind of stand out from this grouping, and statistically, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble that this microphone has not been close enough. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez uh, still continues to be just a unicorn, uh, hitting for average. A 2.4% walk rate is so minuscule. And, I mean, I I mentioned him as a possible uh, trade piece for Nick Castellanos, and people were mad, and someone said they thought he'd be a future star. It's a very... I think Gonzalez is underrated in a lot of places, but I thought that was... Um, uh, with a player like Gonzalez, yes, he's hitting for average, but he doesn't bring a ton of other tools. There is some power there, but it's more above average-ish. It's not like it's a plus tool. So when you're not walking and you 
don't really bring a ton of speed uh, and you're a left fielder first baseman it, it's it's a hard path to become a major league player whereas when you look at someone like Nolan Jones yes he is striking out 26% of the time but he's also walking 20% of the time he has as many home runs and you know he's playing third base and I'm just uh, you look at it so uh, Oscar Gonzalez hitting 329 with a 345 on base percentage because he doesn't walk Nolan Jones a 286 average so 40 points lower on average but a 432 on base percentage because he walks so much. So his average is 40 points lower, but his on base percentage as a comparison is 80 points higher. And again, Oscar Gonzalez is in my top 20 prospects. I'm just uh, just making a point in terms of how good Nolan Jones is and how I think it's just going to be really hard to evaluate Oscar Gonzalez. I look forward to when he gets moved up, seeing if teams start to figure him out or if he is just going to be uh, you know the, the anomaly that he is will benson has been uh massively struggling since the promotion 17 games it hasn't gone uh particularly well for him which is not a surprise you know he was repeating a level this year uh tyler freeman who i think is the second best prospect in the system right now has had no problems in his promotion hitting 371 coming into the double headers today and on the pitching side of things, um, let's see, uh, you know, I'm just going through the list, and it's it's the guys who are hurt or the guys I've already promoted. So there's just not, I've, I've talked about a lot of them in depth, in detail. Um, it's just looking at the lineup in front of me here. Juan Carlos Mejia and Cody Morris are kind of the, the most interesting arms to me. Uh, and both of them are currently on the disabled list. So it's it's limited in what we can say. Uh, Morris has had three starts, and he has had just eight and 33 innings. So just remember of Mejia, he's already on the 40-man. Uh, he's an interesting pitcher. Performance has been pretty good this year, but uh, he could be a trade piece just because of um, being on the 40-man already and uh, the value he could bring potentially due to limited but good performance in those limited innings. So I'm going to hit the rubber ducks, and that's kind of where I'm going to leave things today. Uh, We'll talk about the Clippers on tomorrow's podcast. That leaves us something to, uh, to talk about after the game um, resumes. So I mentioned all the changes that are coming essentially after uh, the games today, which is Nolan Jones uh, getting the move up, Kai Tom getting the move back to them. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of space things out. Um, with the way Call is played and with the way Tom's played, I think they, those guys will get uh, first opportunities. And then Luongo, I would think, would be the uh, the other player to get some shots. You're going to have Ernie Clement at, at uh, shortstop. Krieger got the move down to second base. I don't know if he's going to start every day there. Nolan Jones will be the everyday third baseman. And pitching-wise, you know, amongst these hitters, it's there's a few guys, but it's mostly Nolan Jones. Pitching-wise, this is a fun roster. Jordan Stevens, who they claimed off waivers, is an interesting pitcher. Uh, Adam Scott, 
the lefty continues to perform well. Jared Robinson has really put himself on the radar as a reliever this year and could be he's going to be added to the 40 man uh, at the end of the year. We very likely will see him in September. Kyle Nelson has been exceptional as a lefty. Uh, Robert Broom has a chance to kind of pass Nick Sandlin in agree, uh, to a degree with the, the pecking order of these side-arming righties because he's healthy and Sandlin's going to miss the rest of the year. Uh, and then you got Henkes and Morgan who are kind of the interesting starters. It's, uh, like I said, it, they're very close to Mahoning Valley just in terms of total number of interesting prospects, but they're almost all pitching prospects. So the Rubber Ducks faced uh, the Altoona Curve, the Pirates minor league affiliate, and uh, they lost the, the game 6-4. to four. Stevens, who I mentioned earlier, picked up the loss in relief. Sam Henke's okay performance. Uh, I mean, two earned runs in six innings is always good. One walk, but the, the two strikeouts with his stuff, he should be missing more bats, and that's always one of those things that really stands out. Ben Krauth uh, kind of tore through the lower minors, and it's a classic example of why AA is so important um, and how much of a separator it is this year in AA. It, it's been rough. 1.1 innings, two earned runs, ERA is approaching five. Uh, you can really get by with mediocre stuff if you're a, a pitcher and you can spot your stuff, and that's what Krauth was, and he's kind of gotten exposed in the upper levels, and we've seen this with more than a few players in the past. Stevens, uh, blown save, gives up two runs as well. Uh, Nelly Rodriguez hit a home run. Connor Maribel had a double. Uh, in terms of your, your big-name prospects on the team, Clement had a hit. Uh, it's you know it's it's just not a, a team. I, I was intrigued on the other side to see that uh, Robbie Glendening, who's the DH for uh, for Pittsburgh. I mean uh, Olivia, their center fielder, is a interesting prospect as well. But uh, Glendening is a guy I saw at University of Missouri. Uh, he's and he's Australian. So that's what stood out. I'm like, well, he he hit for average in college. I didn't know what the if there was any power, any other tools would be coming. Um, this year, he's split his time between two levels, and uh, 340 in advanced day, 313 in low A, combined for 11 home runs, uh, 944 OPS. So. Uh, you know, it's just his, he was drafted a year ago, so he got with uh, a little more than a year after drafting, they were kind of aggressive and pushing him up to double A. Is that, nope, that's not true. He's, is it really been two, two years, I guess? Sometimes time gets away from you, I guess. But uh, he was a very young uh, college player just coming from Australia um, while he was drafted three years ago. He is still just 23 years of age, and... Uh, just bring him up, someone that I, I saw in person and uh, thought it had an interesting profile, and he's uh, someone to watch for the the Pirates uh, Altoona uh, team. So for the Rubber Ducks, um, I don't even think it's worth getting into hitting stats. Uh, Ernie Clement still doesn't strike out. That's your your hitting stat. Um, Yay. I, I mean, like I said, again, it's it's a team that does not have much offensively. So the, the time to be spent is on pitching. Henkes, uh, who started the game, strikeout rate's been over eight this year. Um, that's not counting the game today, so it's likely going to 
push him down under eight. It was just a hair over eight, so it'll go below. His walk rate has been going down, but he's also um, his hit rate will will improve after the game today. His hit rate has been extremely high this year. Uh, Eli Morgan, again, the one thing that stands out is his home run rate um, in that park is high, and that's a concern. But uh, Eli Morgan has yet to uh, hit a level that's going to challenge him. And he's one of those guys, you know, I talked about Ben Krauth, where it's marginal stuff. The thing with Morgan has always been that his um, his changeup is just a plus phenomenal pitch. And he can still work that in there and get outs. And you just keep pushing him up. It's His lack of size made him fall in the draft and will always give detractors. But he just continues to perform. We go down the list. Kyle Nelson, uh, 22 innings and his 31 strikeouts. Uh, there's not really much more to say. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot left to prove. He'll probably get the full year in uh, in Double A because he did not start the year there. He was promoted up already, just 22 years of age. But, uh, I mean, he's making a strong case that uh, maybe he does get the push to Triple A that uh, would – the Indians and the Vergas lefties and the uh, not a whole lot of success with those lefties. He's uh, he's the Indians' next left-handed reliever up, really. He's the one that stands out in terms of stuff and ability. He's the guy to watch. Speaking of potential left-handed relievers, uh, Adam Scott is still a starter, and he has been quite good on his promotion to Double A. 24 innings, 24 strikeouts, um, really low walk rate, really low hit rate. Keep watching him. He keeps. Uh, he was a priority senior sign, but uh, he keeps performing well. Jared Robinson uh, got that push up to Double A or Triple A, and and he started in High A this year and has moved all the way up. Uh, former starter, the moving to the pen has just been a, a game changer for him and his potential. And especially with James Karinchak going down hurt and Nick Sandlin going down hurt the the next reliever for the Indians really is Jared Robinson at this point the two guys who should be ahead of him injuries really opened the door and he blew it off the hinges it was open three inches he blew it off the hinges Robert Broom has continued to be uh excellent uh the only concern with him and that could make him uh an up and down pitcher instead of a uh, just set in place uh, major league reliever is he's always been a little more walk prone than someone like Sandlin we'll continue to track that going forward but uh, as you can see there's like three starters who are interesting there's uh, two to three relief arms that are interesting uh, if you can go on a day that Hankus, Scott or Morgan are pitching especially now that Nolan Jones is up go take advantage of it uh and if they're not pitching, still consider it just because maybe you'll see one of these interesting pen arms. I said there was nothing to talk about, and now I've gone over 30 minutes. So I'm just going to sign off quickly again. Thank you for listening, rating, and reviewing. Our percentages are way up again this month. Thank you. And as always, go Tribe.